guys, it is Steve Araujo with the Bass Hang Podcast. So excited to have you guys checking in again. We're going to be do the, doing this every Monday. I'll be releasing a new podcast, so I'm super excited. Um, keep up on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes now. Check out thebasshang.com. Basically, if you go to that homepage to the right, you'll see a little SoundCloud um, icon or little widget, and you'll be able to click there, and you can hear it and listen to the podcast right from there. So, um, anyways, this is, I'm kind of calling it episode five. So, um, we're going to feature a few things. We're going to feature a review of a Marco TFL five-string fretless. We're also going to hang with Richard Roos of Trickfish Amplification, and he's going to go through the history of the company, his history, and uh, some playing examples. So um, I want to actually talk about a couple of things before that. Uh, This week has been really kind of kind of fun. I did some. uh, I've been trying out quite a bit of new gear, and one of the pieces of gear I've been trying out amplifiers. And I've been playing form factor cabinets for a really long time. They're located in Garden Grove. So I wanted to try their, I had a Neo, yeah, Neodymium 112 cabinet. I was really, really interested in checking out the ceramic 112 because I do have the ceramic 210 cabinet and that cabinet is a, it's just crazy how much bottom end and volume that little cabinet pushes. I really am a fan of form factor cabinets. So I, and also now they're making amplifiers. So I was able to demo one of the kind of production prototypes because they are going into production. So I had one of their 400 watt production prototypes. So I went to Garden Grove, hung out at form factor and actually we shot some video, which was awesome. I, I actually got to AB the Neo 112 and the Ceramic 112 and both cabinets kick major butt. I love both cab both cabinets and I meant that they both kick major butt no buts about it (laughs) so uh, the major difference was the ceramic had a little bit more heft and weight in that bottom in that low low end where the Neo had a snappier mid-range kind of a snappier low mid the ceramic you could make sound like the Neo by cranking up the highs the Neo you could make sound like the ceramic by boosting the lows there we go. That's it. So it was really, really cool. I love both cabinets. They're great. I actually have the ceramic at home in the base hang studio right now, and we've been kind of messing with that, and I like it too. So it's really good. I um, I think maybe a stack with one ceramic and one Neo would be pretty awesome. I also got to try one of their 115 Neos, which blew me away how snappy it was and how much bottom end it had. So if you, um, if you go to formfactoraudio.com, the videos are there, and also if you go to Form Factor on YouTube, excuse me, just search Form Factor Audio, you'll be able to see the videos with me in it and comparing. It's great. I, I played my um, the Wilkins five-string jazz bass, and it just translated great. So, so on the subject of bass amps, I, like I said, I'm going to talk to Trickfish Amplification, and the the Trickfish and the form factor amps could not be more different. The Trickfish has a very almost neutral and scooped natural flat sound or natural uh, scooped sound when it's flat, when it's set flat EQ wise, that's what I'm saying. So when you have the EQ flat, the Trickfish is very neutral 
and it almost sounds like it has a scoop of an EQ, so a dip in the mids. Whereas the form factor, you plug it in and it has that low mid punch just naturally. So, you know, you have to try both of them out. If I had to pick one, I would definitely go with the form factor because I do like that little bit more just punchiness right off the, <laughs> right off the top. It makes me kind of a little bit more uh, prominent in a mix. Um, you can get that from the Trickfish by boosting the mids, but I kind of like it uh, just, you know, plugging in and having that that big, just, it's just big. It's a huge sounding amp. The, the 400 watt amp and the 1000 watt amp heads are, they blow me away by, by form factor. And Trickfish has got a good, you know, a, a great amp also, but I think uh, I'm leaning more towards the form factor at the moment um and then there was one more thing i wanted to say about the form factor stuff um i will be getting one of the 1000 watt heads in to demo do some eq you know do some direct recording that kind of stuff um and i'm sure i'll get a trick fish also so i want to try one again there you know it, nowadays you really well i guess you can get a bad amp but you're you know the top stuff the stuff that the the big guys are playing it's basically so subjective so it's you know basically try them out see what you think the Trickfish definitely sounded good, man. It had a good, you know, natural, neutral sound, and you'll hear that in the uh, podcast. So, um, anyways, make sure to go to thebasshang.com, check out the Bass Hang on the Instagram. Uh, we are at on Twitter at the Bass Hang. Um, yeah, we've got all that. We've got the Instagram. We have a Facebook also, and we are hopefully soon, soon, soon going to have t-shirts for sale so that link will be all over the place so we will definitely have base hang t-shirts also the base hang is a dealer for some stuff so if you go to the basehang.com and go to the shop page um we'll have some special instruments available we're gonna have a um some base hang edition uh instruments uh some by wilkins road tested some base hang edition wilkins road tested bases and some base hang edition marco tfls uh, that's the four-string relic, just like my white one, which is probably one of the best basses I've ever had. I love that bass. It's a four-string, and the low E is just, just incredible. So, anyways, guys, here is the Marco TFL5 review, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, what's going on? Steve Rao here with the Bass Hang, and I'm back with another bass video review. So this time we have a Marco five-string TFL fretless bass. So let me start by um, telling you about the signal path and how we're recording again. Everything's being recorded, uh, at least the bass, bass-wise, everything's being recorded through the A-Designs Ventura Mic Pre Channel Strip DI, um, and it's going straight into Logic through my Apogee Duet and I'm using my Marco bass with DRs, and these are DR high beams. I'm pretty sure those are high beams. I use DRs on all my basses, so um, these are high beams, and this is just an incredible bass by Marco Cortez and Marco Basses, and I've been using his basses for a long time. I've had this one for a few months, and I've played it a lot, and I love this bass. It is American-made. It has an alder body, as you can see. Well, not as you can see, but as I'm telling you, alder body. It has his neodymium pickups. So these are the, his own pickups. It is passive. The thing with his pickups, it, 
with his passive basses, it almost they almost sound like they're active. They sound super clean. They just have this really pretty sound, at least to my ears. They just sound really, really nice. Um, these are his own pickups. Has hip shot hardware. The um, neck material, it's maple on the neck, and it's rosewood fretboard with lines. I like lines. The dots are where they normally would be on a fretted bass. That's just the way that I like them. And he uh, accommodated very, very nicely with this bass. So it's just an incredible, incredible playing bass. And we're gonna play uh, some stuff for you, some little playing examples. Again, the playing examples at the beginning and the end were all recorded direct with my Ventura, uh, going through my Apogee into Logic. So that all being said, let's do some playing. So basically let's start with the front pickup all the way up with the tone all the way up and I'll just play a little uh, little groove and again going through logic all right so now let's kind of do the same thing with the bridge pickup and the tone all the way up. So both pickups, everything all the way up. Both pickups and the tone all the way up. So now, what I have found, and to my ears, what I really like, is I usually play it with the front pickup backed off just a little bit. Front pickup, the, the, sorry, neck pickup backed off just a little bit, bridge pickup all the way up, and the tone turned down 80%. <laughs> So that's a really nice tone. And with both pickups all the way up and the tone backed off a little bit, you can actually slap on this bass. Thank <laughs> you. 
So this is just a really, really great sounding and playing bass by Marco Cortez and Marco Basses. Uh, definitely a bass I take out quite a bit and I play a lot. Um, again, the Rosewood fretless fingerboard is, is just incredible. I play steel or nickel round wounds and I play a lot and this the fretboard hasn't even doesn't even have a dent on it, barely any markings from from the strings. So um, it's going to last a long time and it's just a great bass. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, and that was the Marco TFL fretless five string bass. All right, till next time. See ya. All right, guys. Thanks for checking that out. I hope you dug it. It was really fun. The Marco basses are great. Please check them out at marcobassguitars.com. And Marco Cortez is just an incredible luthier, and the basses are just, they're just great, man. And that bumper music, the intro and the outro, was basically the Marco bass going right into my A design. I'm pretty sure I used the Ventura on that one. And it's a clean bounce right through Logic. So uh, in, into first off into my Apogee duet. All right, so next up is Richard Roos from Trickfish Amplification. Please check them out at trickfishamps.com. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this interview. It's pretty lengthy, but it's really in-depth. We get to learn about a lot about Richard. And you get to hear the true sound of the Trickfish amp, which is, you know, it's a big, neutral, fat sound. It sounds good. Um, so definitely check it out. He's playing his uh, kind of a customized older jazz bass. So I hope you dig it. All right, guys. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on guys? Steve Arawa here, and I am here with my friend Richard Roos from Trickfish Amplification. What's going on, Richard? Uh, all's good, man. All's How good? Are you? Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for coming up. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I wanted to, uh, you know, have you talk about this new amp line. It's pretty sure. rad. I've used it, and I've been using it, and testing it out, and it's uh, it's badass, man. And, you know, we're going to go listen to some other things out, uh, out, in, the, out in the garage here in a minute, but, cool. um, you know, um, you just posted a little Facebook thing mm -hmm. of kind of what's going on with yeah. it, but this is the inception um, of, uh, actually it's the manifestation mm -hmm. of Mike Pope's preamp design. I worked with Mike, um, I'm going to say maybe four or five years ago. I've done some writing for him. He hired me as a consultant um, to do some things with the NPP1, NPP2, and work okay. on his website, do some copy for him. I also have a consulting company. I've been in the audio industry for a long time. Um, cool. And um, you worked for? I mean, you worked for? I worked for the original Alesis, the uh, original SWR. I left SWR just before um, it got sold to Fender. Okay. Minute. Um, <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> After that, I went to Line 6 briefly, Okay. And then over to KRK, um, and uh, left KRK, started my own consulting business. That's how I ran into Mike. I did some consulting for Epiphany many years ago, and uh, met Mike through there. Mike had me do some stuff right. on his website with the MPP1, MPP2, and then I wrote some of the liner notes on mm -hmm. his latest record, That's great. and as... 
all these various pieces of things came together, um, I had this idea, maybe a foolish idea, mm -hmm. I don't know, yet to be seen, to start a bass amplifier company. So literally, your, your idea, your yeah, kind of yeah, brainchild. This, exactly. That's awesome. And, okay. um, uh, you know, I've acquired, well, I left out JBL Professional, too. Um, yeah, they know a little bit about sound. A little, a little bit about speakers. Bit. Speakers, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> while there, I worked in the engineering, with the engineering department, in the marketing department, mm -hmm. um, developing product. Um, I probably developed about 21, 21, 26 products, something like wow. that. Over there in the four years I was there. Okay. Um, uh, it's where I met Anthony Fergoso, who um, does our systems engineering and acoustical design. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Um, anyways, I hooked up with Mike, and when I had this, um, after I left JBL, uh, I went there during the um, economic crisis, okay. you know, shelter yeah. in the storm, right? Because mm -hmm. the first person to go is an, a, a consultant, you know. In fact, the day I was there, the order came down from um, the CEO of the big Harmon International mm -hmm. fire all the consultants. Oh, man. You know. So, wow. Hey, wow. it was a tough time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, 2008, brutal. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all know we all lived through it. I left. I started my consulting firm back mm -hmm. up. Um, worked with a few different people. Um, typically, on the consulting side of things, I work in a very confidential manner with manufacturers on business development, whether it's product development, whether it's um, helping them pull their business together. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and um, and so that's. I, I don't ever advertise who I work with. But that's, and uh, is that international, right? That's U.S., yeah, and that's wherever. It's global, I mean, global. Um, and most of the companies have a global concern anyway. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's where I flex some business muscles that I've picked up over the year. And uh, overseas stuff, you've done a lot of stuff <coughs> overseas, so... Well, with all the companies mm -hmm. we've been, you know, we sell overseas. Yeah, okay. You know, um, all of the companies were global companies that I've worked for. Okay. Um, anyways... I get together with Mike and I, you know, I go, what's, you know, the first thing I'm going to need is a preamp and Mike's, the MPP mm -hmm. stuff is, I know, sitting on a shelf and nobody's buying rack mount preamps yeah. and power amps like they used to do back in the day. And I called Mike up and I said, hey, you know, what are you doing with the preamp? You want to sell it to me? Mm -hmm. You want to license it to me? Do you want to be a part of this? What do you want to do? Because we need, that preamp's just too good. Yeah. To leave sitting on a shelf, you know, um, and Mike said, "Well, look, you know, I got my partner David Yates. Mm -hmm. um, I'll talk a little bit about him in a second. Okay, um, but uh, let me talk to David." And, and they got together. and They said, "We want to be a part of this." Cool, you know, and um, you know, the one thing I've learned, and especially in in a big company like JBL, where you're working with a team of engineers, mm -hmm. um, four heads are better than one. True. You know, yeah, yeah. there's a synergy there. There's a, you know, there's the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And, um, you know, I get the whole one guy has this vision for a product or a product line, but you're limited to that guy's, one guy's experience. Well, expertise, man. You get yeah. people that are experts in their fields, and then that's the team. Absolutely. So and that, nobody's that, an expert at everything. Yeah, We're exactly. all ignorant so, about something, right? As long as you can work together and have a good team, then... Well, and so, so we'll, I'll tell you about David. Cool. David is, um, he's worked with Mike. He and Mike mm -hmm. um, 
build and invented the, um, the preamps that go in all the Federa bases. Oh, the, right? the Mike Pope preamp. Yeah. That's his mm -hmm. yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, Mike and David worked together David. as a team. Okay. And um, so basically we took Mike's design and we had to modify it to be used with a power amplifier. It's just these are just simple yeah. electrical things that Tweaks. need. <laughs> yeah, there are modifications that need to take place so that it can integrate mm -hmm. into a a fully realized base amplifier and not just a preamp. Okay. Power supply yeah. issues, voltage issues, you know, um, noise floors, things like that. And so, you know, those guys worked on it for quite a while, and you know, um, when I came up with the initial designs. Okay of the of the um, the product the applications engineering how someone's going to interact with this uh, Mike and I spent a little bit of time on it it was mostly me but mm -hmm. you know I would run things by Mike sure. you know and say okay look um, between Mike and I we have thousands <laughs> and thousands of hours playing live <laughs> yeah. gigs I probably before I got into the business side of things I was a studio musician yeah. you, played with a lot of, you played with a lot of people man you played with I did play yeah. you know back Some in the day man. That's I mean, good. You know, still man you're a player uh, yeah. back in the day yeah <laughs> uh, don't let his humbleness <laughs> don't let his humbleness come on um, he's Richard's a. I'm, I I won't run that pedigree down to but you, still, but, but, but it's it's awesome. I mean, it's, I got to you know I got to play yeah. um, with some heroes and yeah, you know I got heavyweights, man. I like to put it this, <laughs> I like to put it this way. I got to the top of the mountain. Okay. I just didn't like the weather up there. Yeah, it's it's careful it's, what you wish for sometimes. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. it's not. It wasn't for me at that time. Got it. Right. Got it. Okay. And um, at that time was the late 80s, early 90s, when things really started blowing up for me mm -hmm. and, and my professional musician career. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at that point, um, towns like Lynchburg, Tennessee, and countries like Peru mm -hmm. and Colombia okay. all came into play in, in a way in my life that, you know. <laughs> Luckily, you're here. I'm, here. You I, made made it through. It, I made it through. You that. made it through the craziness. <laughs> I didn't light myself on fire, or oh, thank you know. God, man. Um, yeah, yeah. You so, <laughs> uh, back to today. Yes. Um, uh, so David and Michael and I worked on this product, and Michael and I, like I said, we did the ergonomics of it, the application engineering. Yeah. So, in in in, well, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But and then the fourth person in this equation mm -hmm. is Anthony Fergoso, okay. who um, uh, I met at JBL. Anthony and I instantly um, had like a psychic connection That's when awesome. it comes to audio. Oh, cool. Okay. And um, we set about redefining the sound of some of the mm -hmm. portable PA products. And by portable PA, we mean stuff that you would buy at a guitar center. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, for JBL, and we improved the efficiencies. We made them sound as best as we could, okay. given um, the parameters, the parameters that we yeah, had to yeah. work with, the, the scope of okay. it. There's a lot going on in product development, you know, especially when you're working with a multinational, publicly traded company that has, you know, profit margins they need to meet. There isn't a publicly traded company that yeah. isn't, you know. Um, guided by some of the design. Uh, some of it's money, you know, yeah. but, but it's also economies of scale when okay. you're building things all over the world. 
and all those parts are coming together in one place. So um, there's a lot going on there. Um, so that was the team, and Anthony, Anthony and I worked um, hand in hand on the um, on the speaker cabinets, okay. um, very carefully tuning the boxes, tuning the ports, tuning the crossovers, um, working on the structural design of the box without yeah. getting uber technical on this. You know, you're trying to mitigate as much resonance as possible. Um, you do that in several different ways, okay. you know, um, and box construction is a big part of it. I was going to say, I've, they're built great. I mean, you can just feel it's built well. And it's built by people that know speaker construction because there's been, you know, down the road, I've been playing for a long time, I've played speaker cabinets and speaker boxes where you can just kind of tell that, and, and I, I could never do it, but that's an art form in itself. Just building a, a real square or a 90 degree angle and just having it. Well, with the right? aid of computers. With the aid of computers. And computer, yeah. you know, uh -huh. CNC. You yeah. Know, you can, if your drawings are correct, um, okay. if your mechanical mm -hmm. drawings are correct, you know. Um, you should get. Well, you will. You, you will. Okay. The computer is dumb. Got it. You know, it only does what you tell it to do, right? Okay. And if the design is suspect, then the box is going to be suspect. Interesting. Okay. Um, I took Anthony to his first ever bass player live. Okay. And, um, <laughs> he was, uh, this was a few years ago, and he's running around, and he's like sticking his hand in all of the um, uh, vendor's ports of their boxes. Like, and Like, what like, are you doing? And people are looking at him going... <laughs> Do you need some help? Yeah. I'm measuring your ports. And they're like, I'm sure they thought he was some tweaky bass geek. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> on um, the inside, everybody is. Come on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Anthony's the geek. one of, of the four of us that okay. doesn't play. Oh, but he probably funny. owns more basses than wow. any of us, right? Because he's, he's, now he's, 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 uh, he's in been it. captivated. Yeah, of course. He's in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so. Uh, I I saw him doing it, and I'm going. I don't really think maybe you shouldn't be doing that. You know, and he goes. Well, we went out to dinner afterwards, and and, um, and he said, you know, here's the thing: is nobody's um, got their ports right for the sound pressure levels that you, meaning me personally, yeah. want out of these boxes. Well, you want to feel. Because you, you want know. to feel that, right? I mean, is, well, is that part you know, of it? Like his inference was that okay. I'm out of my mind and I play things too loud. Okay. You know, um, not too loud. I just play loud. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, and and you know he's probably right. Um, but yeah, you, you gotta know. do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. We want to play. We want to be heard, felt, Absolutely. and heard. We want both. You know. And you know, I, I had a sound man for uh -huh. a band go. Dude, every time somebody sets in and they, they put your bass on and they touch the strings and they're intimidated by how loud you play, you know. Um, and I go, how can, you know, because you need to play at a certain yeah. volume yeah. to, to um, perform the function of the bass in the band, yeah. to have a voice, to hit and, and the to feel the room. To feel the room and to hit the amp. Correctly. Well, like, that's, that, a different, that's a different thing. That's a different you're talking thing. Out, you're talking master output volume. I'm, I'm not even talking about what the amp says. I'm <laughs> talking about overall. what the sound pressure level is. Got it, is. got it, okay. Right. All the right. actual volume. Yeah. Not where you run the knobs, yeah. but 
we're the whole. So this is this is a mistake people make. Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're a little confused by it. Mm -hmm. You have an amp. Yeah. And a speaker cabinet. Mm -hmm. You now have an integrated system. Yeah. Right. Yep. And regardless of how many watts this is, mm -hmm. it's completely proportionately related to the sensitivity of the speaker of cabinet. The speakers, yeah. And if this is a thirsty little devil mm -hmm. and is drinking power, your thousand watts. Um, diminishes, is, diminishes, is, right? Well, or, no, you don't diminish the power. Mm -hmm. The speaker's requiring all this power mm -hmm. to move. It's Got kind it. of like um, miles per gallon. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah. We're all driving 55, mm -hmm. and someone's little Scion is getting 31 miles to the gallon, and the guy next to you in a vet is yeah. getting 9 miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah. Right? Got it. It's about efficiency. Okay. Okay. And efficiency manifests itself in volume. Um, okay. So, so we have these four people involved mm -hmm. in this company. You know? Okay. Um, ha me having worked with studio monitors and at JBL mm -hmm. and at SWR, and um, as uh, at SWR as VP of Sales and Marketing mm -hmm. for the company, and um, sat down with every major bass player yeah. out there um, and picked their brains. Cool. And um, you know, um, not only was it fun, yeah, uh, yeah, but it was really educational. That's cool. You know, and so we put this little company together. We launched at the NAM show um, last year, fifteen, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, um, with um, the head and five cabinets. Okay, five bullhead, different. So you have the Bullhead One K. The Bullhead One K is your flagship right. main one thousand watt. Yes. Class D, Class D amplifier, digital. switch mode power supply works everywhere in the world. Cool, okay. You know, and um, and a 12 inch, a 210, a single 15, a 410, and a dual 12, dual 12. cabinet. Cool. Right. All the 12s are Neo, mm -hmm. and the um, uh, the rest of the speakers, the 15s and the 10s, are ferrite. And look. The goal was to make this sound as good as we could make it sound. Yeah. You know, and when I tried putting Neos mm -hmm. into, I tried the lightweight wood, the mystery wood. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, I call it mystery wood because having, you know, um, developed all those products at JBL, yeah. I know that even big companies like Weyerhaeuser, mm -hmm. who's one of the largest lumber suppliers in the world. Okay. Um, changes the laminates and ply uh, all the time. You just, you know what's on the outside, you don't really know what's on the inside. So it's mystery wood, Got you it. know. They guarantee it to a certain spec, mm -hmm. but you know, it behaves, yeah. it may behave it, differently every time. Got it. These cabinets are made with, you know, Northern European, uh, void-free Baltic birch okay. that comes over in a giant container directly from, wow. Like Finland, yeah, and um, that's it's heavy, it's solid, it's it creates that structural integrity that mm -hmm. needs to be there in the yeah. boxes, and so <coughs> no, they're they're solid, man. Like I said, I had the um, I had the two one twelves, you know, carrying around, and I and you it, didn't man. like the neos. I you don't like me. I, you didn't like neos. I do yeah. not like neos, and my. Basically, the the one twelves that I kind of base everything are my GS one twelves, my Aguilars, right, right. great, and they're ferrite, they're ferrite, they're yeah, heavy, ceramic, right? Yeah, and and these are probably definitely come the closest. They sound great. They sound mm -hmm. fat, punchy, 
they don't sound anemic. I think you know everybody uses a well, different. Yeah, whatever. This they is don't what happened they, when they we were doing the four ten. Got it. Got it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, we went through, and I put in um, the neo drivers, and mm -hmm. then I even put the neo drivers in the Baltic birch cabinet. Okay. Okay. So I'm not going to compromise the structural integrity. Yeah. I'm just going to put these the drivers featherweight drivers in there, and mm -hmm. I I looked at Anthony and I said, look, man. If I want something light and airy, I'm going to go buy a croissant. But if I'm lugging around a 4x10, I want it to sound like bass. And when yeah. we put the ferrite drivers the in the... The old ceramic 410s. Sure. Yeah. We, we put yeah. those in, in the Baltic Birch cabinet, and it was, yeah, that's bass. I mean, that's... that's and it's it's heavy. I mean, you're always going to sacrifice a little bit of weight, but the sound is killer, man. So I the mean, compromise is this. Yeah. You're compromising... Um, portability mm -hmm. and ease of use with performance. Yeah. And you know, you got this big meter. Yep. Easy to move. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds killer. You <laughs> sounds know. awesome. And then you kind of go like this, and we <coughs> wanted to be, we wanted it to yeah. sound good. Yeah. Our four by ten with what's called the three dB down point mm -hmm. on the box is like thirty-five hertz. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, and that's where it starts to drop, mm -hmm. okay? When you go look at other um, specs on other 4x10s, mm -hmm. you see that they all start to drop around 70 hertz. Oh, wow. They don't okay. even hit, like, the low B-ish area or, or the low frequency e. of low E, yeah. Um, inch, yeah. Uh, huh. And so, you know, that's the case with all of these. And we opened up, mm -hmm. you'll open up this oh. segment with the with the spectral analysis you'll see that you you'll guys will see, see it, it. Yeah. you can see where even these 12s go as low as they possibly can yeah. go right they're they're really i i was pleasantly surprised with the 12s man like i said they're yeah really really nice well, anthony anthony fergoso uh, is um a brilliant yeah um, acoustical engineer wow. he's a very good electrical engineer he's a brilliant systems engineer That's David cool. Yates mm -hmm. who handles most of the heavy work with the electrical engineering has close to 70 patents wow. and in the world of um, electrical engineers mm -hmm. you know yeah. 70 patents is like you know everybody yeah, guru just, <laughs> you know who um, are um, who are some of your players that are playing the stuff right now so we have um, uh, Ernest Tibbs, okay, um, who plays with Simon Phillips, okay, and this is what Ernest's rig Dude, is. Simon right? Phillips, that slamming. I mean, that guy plays so loud with yeah. two one twelves. That's what he's using. That's yeah. You, you know, I mean, it, depending on yeah. how big the venue yeah. is, he may or may not need a little bit more. And I yeah. think in Europe, mm -hmm. uh, when they go on tour this summer or this spring in May, they're touring in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, We'll have a four by cool. ten form just to make sure. <laughs> make sure, but that's impressive. <coughs> Two one twelve. So. Well, I watched him play at Catalina Bar and Grill. Yeah. For those that aren't uh, oh, in L.A., yep. it's a big place. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, um, and um, I would say he was right on the edge okay. of it. But for your local uh -huh. gigs, for your little fusion gigs, oh, for the top forty, for top forty stuff, for or top even for like coach a house. blues band. Yeah. yeah, I played it at the Coach House. 
It's great. And the man. Coach House, for yeah. those that don't know, is a very famous venue. I yeah. played there. Yeah. I was in a band. We warmed up Buddy Guy. Exactly. That yeah. was awesome. It's a great um, concert kind of venue. People sit down. It's a concert listening. club. Yeah, concert yeah. club. Kind of right. Catalina-ish. About the same size. About the same size. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe what three hundred seats? Yeah, like yeah. That. People sit down. It's yeah, very cool. But this, it, it but was, this rig worked just fine. It's great, man. And you yeah. can, everybody can hear you. You yeah. can hear yourself. Um, so you got Ernest. You got uh, Tim Landers, Tim. who's using a two twelve cabinet. So it's two twelve inch in mm -hmm. one box. Tim, um, man, you know we could sit here and go through his everyone. Um, everyone. Just, just Guys, say everyone. Yeah. Just say know? everyone. He's and played it's, with. You know, it, it goes from. Uh, rock and pop fusion, to jazz to fusion to television shows yeah. he was a musical director on the Pat Sajak show for many years working closely with Tom Scott and one of the coolest guys ridiculously and, a sweetheart of a guy man what a, he's nice a nice guy great yeah great and so is Ernest yes yeah and, and all, all these let guys, me just say that yeah everybody <laughs> this is this is the best <coughs> this is the most important thing for me and this is as difficult as this is to yeah. put together a company to be um to to be the shepherd yeah i'm herding cats <laughs> you know exactly um, uh to be the shepherd of this thing to make sure that every little detail gets done and let me tell you yeah. you know there's um 1800 parts inside of here each Jeez. little tiny part you yeah. know um making sure that they all come together to be uh, manufactured at one time it's it's a brutally difficult uh, feet, amount of detail yeah and, and and there are nights where I don't sleep oh, and you know where I'm just I'm thinking about 400 things yeah. at once but I look at the people around me and the core team mm -hmm. we really love hanging out together it's and crazy. we love talking and we love um, building and working together and and without a doubt every yeah. one of those guys is you know, very proud of what we've That's done. Cool. You it know? sounds like it's a very like everybody ha is passionate about it, as opposed to. But like, we get along, and you get along. Yeah, we get all, along. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, huge. we we get That's along. Cool. And then the artists mm -hmm. are not only are they great players, and uh, Jerry Jamat. I mean, yeah. you know, let's face it. I mean, this guy's a legend. Yeah. You know, he played the bass line on a Thrill Is Gone. You want to yes. learn a blues song? If you don't that's know, the one. Uh, <laughs> that's the one. Uh, the thrill yeah. is gone. Yeah. And, and he played with Aretha Franklin, and he's played with Ray Charles and yeah. Al Green. Everybody, and he, man. And he played on quintessential Gil Scott Heron records. You know, he's, the uh, Revolution will not be televised. You know, he's an icon for sure. He's man. an icon. And my favorite is he interviewed Jocko. And he interviewed Jacko. I lived that tape was I yeah, still many people like, wore that dude, out, right? I like three VHS tapes and like four <laughs> DVDs, dude. It's like you know, big staple of me growing up was that and he was just so awesome. And anyways, yeah. And, so, and you know what? The sweetest, humblest, yeah, kindest guy. Cool um and his wife is is That's awesome. And, and he would go he would agree with me. His <laughs> wife is even nicer than he is. <laughs> nice. Um, and so you've got and Hussein Jeffrey, Hussein who was Jeff. my first guy, yeah. um, I, you know, he's the uh, spiritual godfather mm. of the artist yeah. relations yeah. push. What is he playing? What is what cabinets does he use? He has this rig. This rig, the same right? thing. So yeah. um, the first time I heard this rig mm. live, uh, Hussein was doing a outdoor patio kind of a jazz gig okay. with a keyboard player that was playing through two powered single 12s in a horn okay you know like yeah. i don't know what they were behringer mm -hmm. or something 
um, Joey Heredia playing oh. drums, who everybody used to say Joey had the loudest snare in the business, you know, but... Um, but could play that snare like no one else, Joey man. is He's a brilliant... One of the and, most burning players. Dynamic yeah. drummers, yeah. you know, yeah. and Hussein, and... Um, Cat, I want to say his name was Leslie something mm. or another that was singing studio um, background singer, pro oh. background singer. Okay. Gorgeous voice. Mm -hmm. And they did a ton of instrumentals and they cool. did some stuff with him. And I thought, wow, it's outside. A, that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for, of course. Playing yeah. with Joey, and, you know, not that Joey's a crasher <laughs> and a banger, but he plays hard. Okay. The keyboard players playing through a PA system. Wow. You know, and. After the first set, Hussein came up and he goes, well, how does it sound? I said, you have to turn down. Wow. You're, it was just that you're, punchy. You're, you're, like getting... you're like kind of smoking the mix, you know. <laughs> and and if oh, Hussein, man. I mean, Hussein's such a great bass player. Yeah. He's what, it's amazing. He's ridiculous. He's, he's amazing. what bass players want to be. Yeah. You know, I read something yeah. um, from um, Reggie Washington? Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. Re Reggie where, Hamilton. That's where, yeah. where he said... Um, you know, I know that there's all these guys that can solo like crazy and do all these things, and they sit in their bedrooms, and they work out all this crazy stuff, and he says, and while they're in their bedroom soloing, I'm out doing gigs, you know? And, it's true, man. It's like, and it's not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that, but, you know, a bass player, it's about nuts and bolts, time, groove, feel, dude. you know? Um, playing a bass line. It's playing the bass. bass. You have a role to play, yeah. right? And... Um, uh, Hussein does that as good as anybody. And he takes it over the top to like the other side. And he's he so lyrical, man. And so let cool. me just talk about the head briefly. Yeah. So there's there's some design elements to this that I found to be super important. Having done over four thousand live gigs myself and Mike's done probably three or four thousand himself. People go, well, what's up with the big giant knobs? Okay, it's because if you're on the gig and you need to make an adjustment and you have an eighth note rest or a quarter note rest to go in Dude. there and turn around and you're trying to grab some little tiny knob, you know, it's almost impossible to do. And yeah. with, the, with the light weight of all of these Class D amps, you, you could literally reach for the head and push it backwards. I've done that. I happens it happens it's just it the ergonomics of playing live you cool. know and yeah. um, and not only these these are um, milled aluminum knobs they're very heavy and when you move them you have this feeling of accuracy and precision about them yeah. you know um, it, there's no mistaking where it's at which is nice I mean it's like there it is yeah yeah um, and you know, we, we did make it as big as we did. You can still fit this in a backpack. Mm -hmm. I have a uh, Swiss Army knife. What is, what's the company? Oakley. I have an Oakley backpack that I was carrying it in. Oh, okay. I was well, carrying it in an Oakley backpack. Yeah, That's what I carried it in. laptop. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. 90 it's, bucks at Staples. It's six and a half pounds. Yeah. You put it in a backpack. Uh, my backpack, you can still put cables, sheet music, yeah. tuner, whatever. Yeah. Extra strings, your whole, you know, go to the gig kit. Yeah. No, I'm telling I, I have an Oakley pack, and that's what I had it in. I just carry it with the cables. <laughs> so we just put the features on here that are relevant yeah. to playing and amplifying bass. You know, there's no built-in compressors. There's no yeah. built-in 
octavers. This is your built-in compressor right here, man. Well, I used to have a built-in compressor. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so we have a, we have a, a dB meter too. So yep. I'll be telling everybody kind of what. Yeah, we're going to take a look at that decibel meter because here's here's a, you know when you see guys playing through amps, everything sounds great at um, music store volume, right? Um, yeah. You know what music store volume is, is? Is is the owner of the music store comes out and yells at you? It can't hear anybody on the phone. And that's yeah. as loud as you're going to play. You get on the gig, it's a lot louder than yeah. that. How are the knobs? So there's a center detent, mm -hmm. right? And you can on each one. Yep. On each of the EQs. Okay. This is a shelving EQ. The treble is a shelving EQ. You can be at 40 hertz or 80 hertz, and 4K and 8K. But these two middle knobs are variable gain bandpass e equalizers, huh. which is. Uh, a little bit different than a parametric equalizer or a um, a shelving equalizer. Basically, most EQ, most preamp designs are some iteration of a Leo Fender design. But the old school well, iteration it, it, Fender. You know, hey, you know, Leo was a brilliant genius, and yeah. it was a great place to cool. start. Okay. Um, but the the instrument has evolved dramatically so in 30 yeah. or 40 years and the way we hear it not just the bass not just the bass amplifier but the way we hear audio has evolved dramatically since those days yeah. that um you know we can use more sophisticated tools to um identify and to get to the sound that you really want so cool. what pope did was um he identified these frequency bands on the low mids and high mids and they're very bass specific so um i'll just demo something cool. now we're going to do a video on um um gain structure, structure so okay. we'll do that yeah we'll do but that right later, now we'll but, just do yeah. but as you add eq you also add gain yeah. so i'm just going to turn down the volume a little bit because i'm going to go to the center um to the low mids and i'm cutting it here and it gets all scoopy. Okay, and then I'm going to go switch the uh, frequency. And it's a little different kind of scoop. Yeah, oh yeah. And a different, and a different high end. So. You can hear the difference. And then over here, um, same thing. up and closes things and and you know depending on what you're playing what style of music you're playing what kind of bass you're playing what technique you're using you can get that and let's see if we can't get this and I will say we were hitting at about 105 DB that was our, our max and, yeah. just and we're, we're not necessarily um, uh, the, the reason we have the decibel meter here is because everything sounds good at reasonable volumes and um, what I never see in these kinds of videos is, is well, how loud is that dude really playing? Yeah. You know, and um, and so we're using a decibel meter, and Steve will call out the yeah. decibel readings for you. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so let's go to the... And you can hear. Oh, the, yeah. oh, that's the 8K. Now here's the 4K. Oh, yeah. Of course, I'm over-exaggerating this just for demonstration purposes. Um, on the front end, we have a pad. Active, passive, and you can make an active circuit on a bass. You can lower the volume down on it, and it's not active or passive. It's just a pad. Yeah. Um, and then you have a gain control. And you have a 10-segment LED, and I'm off-axis from it, and I really can't see what's going on. There we go. get into the red just a little bit, but I'm just going to take the pad off. That's it. Um, and then a master volume. You also have a, a line input and a headphone output for silent practicing. On the back of the amp, very simple. Two Neutrix NL4 combination connectors, so you can use either a speak-on cable or a quarter inch oh, if you have to. Old school you know. quarter inch speaker. <laughs> it's not old speaker school, cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> everyone's using speak on now, right? Is the, well, yeah, the but standard. you know what? In a pinch. Yeah, I, right? I've been there. Yeah, you know, where he's like, yeah, you cool. Can go get a lamp cord and yeah. go to the sound man and have him solder some, uh, you know, ends on ends it. Ends on it. Yeah, cool. So you got the the two <laughs> oh. speaker. Yeah, and cool. then you have a, a an effects loop. It's got series or parallel. And you can download the manual mm -hmm. for a detailed explanation of that if you don't understand what it is. But series allows you to break the signal. It's like it's like unplugging the preamp from the power amp, putting something in there, and then plugging it back into the power amp. Right. You would use this for an, e an outside equalizer or a compressor or some sort of signal processor. And you've got a parallel, which you would use mostly for multi-effects devices okay. like reverbs and things yeah. like that. And then you cool. would ride the reverb along the side mm -hmm. the dry signal, right? And that way the dry signal always mm -hmm. has the integrity, right? Uh, and then you have a direct out, which has a pre and post. Mm -hmm. um, you have a, 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 a volume knob on the output and um, you have a uh, ground lift. And the effects loop has a ground lift as well. That's great. And that's, that's it. Cool. Nuts yeah. and bolts, basic. This is what I need to go do a gig. We don't want to spend any money on gimmicks, basically. Yeah. That's how I feel about yeah. it. If I want a good compressor, I'm going to go buy one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a good compressor can cost a lot of money. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can, definitely. Um, um, so, um, cool. right now, um, I've got this, uh, this jazz bass here. It's got Bartolini pickups in it. Um, I've got it on uh, both pickups. The blend is in the center detent. Everything's at flat. Yeah, that's about 105 dB. This is maybe a meter away. It's off axis even. It would probably be louder if we were on axis, but we're going to be in the camera yeah. lens. So, um, just to give you an idea, 105 dB. punchy, kind of fendery sounding. Now I'm just going to go, and for this is my personal taste, but... This I'm, is your setup, your personal uh, kind yeah, of setup, how you do yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going to go to these um, center frequencies, these high mid, low mid, I'm just going to cut them slightly, slightly. I just like it's not scooping anything out it's just 
warming things up. Kind of rounding things out. Rounding, rounding it out. It gives it, it that, that yeah. what did you call it, gooey. That you know? spongy. That spongy, spongy kind of spongy. And when I play with my fingers, it's even more spongy. And then, so we'll, we'll just go. And there's no dead spots. No. It's pretty round all the way up. Now, um, if I go to the back pickup, we kind of got a noisy light fixture yeah. here. It's a single <laughs> coil, but you guys all know. And what I have is that punchy, barky yeah. attack that we love on the back pickup. But it's not nasally, it's not thin. I'm really digging in here. And what's our decibel? Uh, No. So I've got, and I'll go to the P bass pickup, and uh, I'll play up by the neck and give it a woody or something. the room but the whole room is pretty much rattling it feels good though it, it feels, feels good. nice you feel the sound pressure <laughs> it the feels really good i don't know maybe 14 by 18 or something yeah, like that you know but it feels um, good <laughs> now i haven't touched the bass i haven't touched any of the eq if i want to i can go back here and i can get even woodier by killing some of this mid-range on the bass It sounds great. Sounds and really that's good. with really minimal, minimal EQ. If I want to go to some extremes, I can really do it with this amp. So yeah. on a, if I'm recording, let's say I just want to, I got I'm just going to put this in flat again, like it's a passive bass. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm going to turn the volume down. Or, sorry, volume. To the volume. And um, I'm going to go to 40 hertz. And I'm going to kick this up. And I'm going to kick out some of this mid-range. And I'm going to add some high end. But really what I'm looking for is this. And we'll go. And where are we at there? We were at the highest 100-ish. Yeah, because we've added some gain with this low frequency. Maybe yeah. I'll put a little bit back in. These are 12s. Yeah. Okay, so let's get real about that. You know, <coughs> I'll put it on 80 hertz. I'll go to the bass and mess around there. Turn it down so you hear just the tone of the bass. And so you That's get the impressive. idea. Yeah. We could do cool. now, yeah. um, nice. And then we can go over here. Um, and we'll go the opposite direction. Mid city, mid world. <laughs> uh, we'll stay on the P bass pickup. Okay. That's rock and roll, man. style anything through this it's pretty much and I yeah. mean and I'm, I've gone to extremes yeah. and it's still it's not clipping it's not distorting there's no yeah. built-in compressors when you're on the gig if you're running it in the safety zone which is still pretty loud and yeah. pretty hot you've got the dynamic range and this yeah. was the deal Mike and I and David all agreed upon that it's got to have dynamic range mm -hmm. because what are dynamics that's how you express yourself emotively in music, you do it with dynamics. Yeah, you know. You yeah, can, it's true. You can play a major scale with dynamics, and you're saying something. You can play it a million miles an hour without dynamics, and all it says is. You know, monotonous. So yeah, but but it's about no being able to express yourself. Yeah. No man, it sounds good. Yeah, and so the other thing too, the nice mute. Global mute. And when you turn it on. So, oh, this is cool. We yeah, didn't talk we, about this. And I, and I asked you about this. This is one of those <laughs> things. So check this out. This is powering so you, up. You'll power it up. And it's going through a test protocol 
if you notice that some there it goes that little red light came on mm -hmm. and um, that's that's a signal from the power amplifier saying everything's good here all the lights come on and it powers up in mute that way if you have a foot pedal board or something's wrong with your bass you're not going to amplify it uh, yeah. And take out your drivers, your speakers, and right. it resets the input gain button yeah, to the so lower gain. To the lower gain, okay. so that you're in safety mode on startup. Cool, you know. Um, and, then and then when the, when all those lights blink, if they stay on, something's wrong with the amp. Yeah, right. It's yeah. telling you in advance that you need to get it serviced. Right. That's and cool. So, nice. All right, Richard. So where can they find it online? You guys, what's the website? What's the... Uh, trickfishamps.com. Trickfishamps.com. Go to the um, uh, shop page and um, you can buy it with PayPal. There's cool. contact information there. You can just call us and get it directly. Cool. Um, Anyways, well, Richard, dude, thank you so much. for coming by, This man. video will be coming up. We'll do more. And I, I so appreciate you taking the time and really explaining the app. You got it, man. And it's great stuff, man. Thanks again, guys. Bass Hangout. Richard Roos, Trickfish Amplification, out. We'll see you. Bye. All right, that was Trickfish Amps. Trick, trick, the Trickfish Bullhead 1K and the two SM112s, and that was Richard Roos. Please go check them out at trickfishamps.com. It's really great stuff, man. It's built with a lot of care and a lot of thought, and you know, when you got a guy like Mike Pope with designing that preamp, it's gotta be good, it's really good. So, all right guys, so to wrap up, I, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm going to do my best to be um, bringing new podcasts every Monday morning so hopefully it'll help you guys get through your week <laughs> you can download them check them out so we are on iTunes we are on SoundCloud check out thebasshang.com also thebasshang.com is becoming a dealer for a few things so I'm going to have some DR strings some Wilkins strings I'm going to have Wilkins road tested bases a couple of bass hang edition of the PJs so that's going to be rad I will keep posting, so if you're interested, please send me an email. Uh, also, I will be carrying a couple of Marco Bass Hang Edition TFL relics based off of my white four-string that's just an incredible bass. So you can contact me at CaesarSteve at Gmail. That's C-A-E-S-A-R-S-T-E-V-E at gmail.com. Or go to thebasshang.com and go under the shop base hang shop tab and you can see what is up and what we have um, kind of in stock and you can uh, basically just email me and we can talk if you have any questions so again thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week the base hang podcast see you guys later